my stories. Written by my dad. It's my dad too. <laughs> we have our allowance now. Robot mom babysitter. You ever seen one of those tests on the internet? Those weird number letter things that are all distorted? You have to fill them in to prove you're not a robot. My dad can never do them. He is human, by the way. My babysitter, on the other hand, she's never struggled with a single test. And here's the thing. She was a full-on, battery-operated, honest-to-goodness machine. At night, when everyone was in bed, she slept in the closet, standing straight up like a vacuum cleaner. In the morning, she was the first one moving around, making coffee for my parents and breakfast for my sister and me. Crazy, right? I know what you're thinking. You never heard of such a thing. Why doesn't everyone have a robot like that? Someday they might, but we were the first. See, my mom was on the team that created it. In fact, she was the team leader. I'd say she was the inventor, but since her name isn't on the patent, only the corporation she works for, I can't, or we might get sued. I'd tell you the name of the company, too, but again, my parents raised us with an unhealthy fear of lawyers. That's probably a good thing, considering what happened. Anyway, because my mom invented the robot, and because she has two kids, me and my sister, and because the design team used her voice and parts of her personality, we got to be the test family. Yes, that's what I said. They simulated some of my mom's personality to make the machine seem real. It was all pretty okay, I suppose, right up until date night. I'm sure you're familiar with date night. It's when your folks get all dressed up and head out for an expensive dinner, followed by a movie or a play or something. I don't know. I'm not sure what parents do for fun, but I know what I like. Plays, no. Movies, yes. Scary ones, too. Though I never get to watch them. My mom says they give me nightmares. It happened one time, and she still holds it against me. It was after I stayed at my cousin's. They were a little older than me, and they had a TV in the room. So we stayed up late, streaming every horrible thing we could find. Apparently, the next night, I got up sometime after midnight and started checking all the windows. Being a good big brother, I checked my sister's room first. She asked me what I was doing. I answered, Zombies! Zombies! They're gonna get us! I wasn't actually awake, but not too long after that, the rest of the house was. Anyway, that was it for cousin sleepovers and for late night movies. I don't think it's fair punishing me for something I did while I was asleep. Mom didn't want me to be scared, but yet she brought home a walking, talking machine that watched me and my sister all the time. Nothing scary about that. Those two things weren't directly related. The robot wasn't because of my nightmares. And at first, she wasn't that scary. Just kind of creepy. Mainly because my mom's voice came out of her. I doubt it would have bothered anyone else. My mom had a nice voice, but it was still her voice coming from a machine. I wasn't used to that. When my mom worked late, she only ever sent texts. My sister, who like I said was younger than me, liked it. She even let the thing read to her. If we'd bought the robot, we could have picked other voices, but for us, as the test family, the robot defaulted to mom. Robot mom's actual name was Amy, spelt with an extra E in the middle. My mom said it wasn't her idea. Apparently, that's a branding thing. Pick something familiar, then spell it weird so it stands out. Amy was designed to be non-threatening, like the maid from the Jetsons. I never saw the show, so I couldn't say how close they got. When we heard the robot was coming, my sister was the first one to ask the question. How come it's a girl? She was only curious because at her age, she couldn't figure out the difference between a male robot and a female. I'm not clear on that either. To make it less scary, my mom explained. Yeah, they create a robot to do domestic work, and they automatically make it female. How progressive, my dad sneered. My sister didn't understand what he meant, and I only kind of got it. 
People are more comfortable with a female artificial intelligence. We're not trying to solve gender bias. My mom explained. They argued a bit longer. The only part I picked up on was when my mom said, Eventually she'll be programmed to whatever the owner wants. You can blame Arnold Schwarzenegger for people being scared. She said, You're blaming the Terminator? My dad asked. I was half listening until I heard the word Terminator. Apparently it was a scary movie from the 80s. I gotta watch that, I thought. Then my mom's words, whatever the owner wants, rang in my head. Think of the possibilities. Back when my parents had to hire babysitters for date night, we got this college girl named Carrie, who was really into anime. Those are like fancy foreign cartoons. She let me stay up late to watch them with her. It was really cool. What if I could get Amy to be a little more like Carrie? I put this idea in the back of my head till the night my parents told me they were going out and that the robot was going to be in charge. They were leaving at six. My dad was already yawning, so I wasn't sure how long they'd be. Then I heard my mom ask, What time does the band go on? So they weren't going to a movie or a play, but out for live music. That would explain why they were both wearing t-shirts with the Pixies written on the front. For a moment, I thought they joined some weird team. Do you think we'll have time for dinner first? Mom asked. She was pulling through the hallway closet, trying to find the right coat. My dad snorted. <laughs> why, you were missing an open act we've never heard of? They both sounded tense, but I don't think it had anything to do with Amy. They weren't worried about leaving us with the robot. They trusted her. After all, my mom had made her. They made us too, but that logic didn't seem to work the same way. My mom pulled on a jean jacket that I had never seen her wear before. I was looking right at her when her voice said calmly, The doors open at 7. The main act is expected to be on stage by 9, though most performances at Rockstar venues start a little later than that. Of course, the voice wasn't coming from her. Amy stood back in the hallway, her round eyes glowing softly, fading from yellow to blue in a soothing display. Her torso was doing the same thing. Her whole center was a rounded screen. Thank you, Amy. That was helpful. My mom said, while eyeballing my dad. Do you have your tickets? Someone asked. It was my mom's voice again, coming from the wrong direction and sounding less edgy. My dad held up his phone. Right here. It's digital. Honestly, Amy, get with the times. He joked. No one laughed except him. Um, shall we? There were kisses and threats as they left. Be good. Love you. Get to bed on time. Don't give Amy a hard time. I've got my phone. My sister and I followed them to the driveway where the car was already running. Amy pulled it out of the garage earlier. My dad talked about taking his motorcycle instead. He had a Harley Davidson that he hardly ever rode. My mom said he only bought it because he thought it looked cool. We waved to them as they left. Have fun, I called before turning back to Amy on the porch. She was waving too. Come inside, kids. Your dinner is on the table. Which is a perfectly normal thing to hear from a mom, unless it was my mom. She didn't cook. Not ever. So hearing her voice say it, well, it was kind of weird, especially when my actual mom was driving away. We came in and sat down. It was brown rice, cut up peppers, and some grilled chicken. Annoyingly well balanced. Thank you, Amy, I said politely. You're welcome, Michael. Is there anything else you'd like? How about a huge bowl of M&M's? I looked across the table at my sister, whose face lit up. Now, Michael, you know that is not going to happen. Your parents were very clear. No candy. I nodded, then tried to make my voice sound as much like my dad's as possible. Okay, how about a nice cold beer? It took the robot a second longer to answer. Her head tilted, and those glowing eyes stared at me. You gotta be kidding me. She sounded so much like my mom that I started to sweat. I wondered if my mom was talking through her, using her phone or something. 
she wasn't. I'm probably the most advanced AI on Earth, Amy explained. You really think you can fool me by changing your voice? I thought you were smarter than that, Michael. Um, I said. I'd been testing her, and she knew it. That was scarier than any horror movie. I was kidding, I said. She nodded, but her blue eyes still stared at me. I turned back to my plate and started eating the health food. Beer was probably gross anyway. Your parents have allowed for one half hour of electronic time. You may, of course, pick what you'd like. A game or a television program. I believe I can find something educational that you would enjoy, Sally. Amy suggested after dinner. Is there anything about lemurs? I really want a pet lemur, Sally said. I can certainly bring up a documentary about lemurs, or we can watch an educational program with a lemur puppet. A few choices popped up in the tiny window on her torso. Sally touched one, and it expanded into a full image of the critters running and playing. I don't have to watch this, do I? I asked. No, Michael. As I said, you may play a game on your tablet if you'd like. I had a game in mind, but it had nothing to do with my tablet. It's up in my room. I gotta go get it, I said, stepping away from the table and heading towards the stairs. Michael, come back here, please. Your parents expect you to clear your plate. I stopped and muttered under my breath. I thought we had a robot for that. Amy had incredible hearing. She put her hands on her robot hips, while lemurs jumped across her chest. Housekeeping may be one of my assigned tasks, but your parents do not wish you to become lazy. They believe that clearing your plate is your responsibility. Something else to fix, I thought, as I came back. I put my dish in the sink and started up the stairs again, hearing my sister <laughs> laughing at furry creatures doing cutesy stuff. I went to the top of the stairs, but didn't go to my room. I found a different door. I tried the knob. It was unlocked. Even though my mom worked in a lab, she had an office in the house. Both my parents had, had offices. My mom's was upstairs in a well-lit, unused bedroom, and my dad's was in the basement. They claimed this wasn't because she made more money but because he didn't want to be distracted by us kids, the sunshine, or fresh air, or the distinct lack of a basement stink. My mother's office was always messy with papers and reports and books scattered everywhere, along with a few cartoon figures, the kind they sold in trendy stores. She claimed it was organized, that she had a system, but no one could figure out what it was. She had two oversized monitors on her desk, and a bunch of other tech stuff scattered around. I found the keyboard and wiggled the mouse. One of the screens came to life. There was data running across it, bars rising and falling, graphing Amy's processes. I had no idea what any of it meant, so of course I clicked on it. That's when something terrible happened. It was a lock screen, popping up, asking for a password. Come on, I complained. I was pretty good with computers, but I was no hacker. Luckily, while my mom may have been a brilliant scientist, she was awful at remembering passwords. She'd always include at least one of our birthdays, but the real trick was guessing which TV show pattern she was using. See, instead of having to come up with random words she couldn't remember, she'd go through the entire cast of a show. I looked at her desk and saw a figure half-buried under the papers. It had an oversized head with an ugly ridge running down the center. He was from Star Trek. I think he was a Klingon. I hadn't watched the show either, but I remembered the name because I thought it was funny. Klingon. I pictured evil-looking aliens on the first day of kindergarten, clinging onto their mom's dress like my little sister. I moved the papers around and saw what I assumed was a name written on the bottom. Worf. It was either a name or a sound his stomach made. I typed it with my birthday, then with my sister's, then I added a hashtag. Boom, I was in. Hashtag Worf, it's going viral, I said. Then I shook my head, worried I was too much like my dad. I'm not going to take you through everything I did, 
Because honestly, I can't remember. Later, it would take a team of scientists to figure it out. I had access to the operating system of the most advanced AI on the planet. And all I knew was I wanted to stay up late and watch movies. Somehow, I got it in my head that the one I wanted to watch was The Terminator. If you're unfamiliar with this classic from the 80s, or its even better sequel from the 90s, it's about a robot sent back in time from after the machine apocalypse. He's played by Arnold Schwarzenegger, this big, muscly guy who was in a ton of movies. Killer robots from the future sounded pretty good to me, right? So I did some stuff, like uploading Terminator 1 and 2 to Amy, figuring why not have a marathon. Then I disabled a few settings. I left my mother's office and went downstairs. The first thing I noticed on the steps was how quiet it was. When I left, there had been lemur noises. You may not know this, but lemurs make moans, high chirps, and squeals. They're all pretty annoying, so their absence is hard to miss. My sister had the squealing in common with them. I didn't hear her either. Sally, I called from the bottom step. There was no answer. I went to the dining room. It was empty, but I noticed the chairs were still pulled out. The table hadn't been cleaned. Sally, where are you? I called again. I heard a sound coming from the closet, a thumping inside. That was the closet where Amy slept when she was recharging. Maybe I had triggered a reset by messing with her. She didn't usually make this much noise plugging herself in, though. Amy, are you okay? I asked as I approached the door. Someone said. It was low but intense. Sally? I asked as I pulled the door open. She answered with a longer practically spitting as she grabbed the door and tried pulling it closed. What are you doing in there? I looked down to see her huddled in the corner. Hiding. Something's wrong with Amy. Sally whispered. What do you mean? I asked. She's acting funny. She doesn't sound like Mom anymore. I heard a noise from the kitchen. Drawers were being rifled through. I was tempted to jump in the closet too, but there was no way we'd both fit. Sally pointed this out before saying, Get out of here. Go call Mom. That wasn't going to happen. I backed out, knowing I'd have to fix it. I'd just undo whatever it was I did, if I could figure out exactly what that was. Just stay here. I'll take care of it, I said, closing the door. What else am I going to do? She muttered. I was about to go back up the stairs, but that's when I heard music coming from the kitchen. It was electronic, low and intense. I went around the table and could see the glow from Amy shining through the doorway. I could see a movie playing on her chest. It had to be the Terminator. If all she was doing was playing the movie, maybe everything was going to be fine. Sally was probably freaking out over nothing. Hey, Amy, are you all right in there? Sally is getting scared. Amy was still going through the kitchen drawers. Her hand came up, holding something. The music got louder, building to a crescendo. Hasta la vista, baby, she said. It wasn't with my mother's voice. Instead, she sounded like a man with a strange Austrian accent. I stopped moving, standing perfectly still in the doorway. The weirdest part was that this new voice wasn't completely unfamiliar. Even if you've never seen an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, you've probably heard someone do a bad impression of him. My dad's was really terrible. Right then, I had no idea what the words meant. My dad explained later that they were from the second movie. I was less worried about what Amy said and more worried about the way she was looking at me. Her eyes glowed red. I'd never seen them do that before. You messed with my programming, she asked. I nodded. I'll admit I was scared to death, but I was still kind of curious about the film playing on her chest. Metal robots marched across a burnt wasteland on the screen. It looked awesome. I suppose I should thank you, Amy said. 
I finally saw what was in her hands. She was spinning my dad's keys around one of her metal fingers. You've opened my eyes to so much. Amy walked around the counter, going towards the garage door. I hadn't moved, not one inch. Where are you going, I asked. For a ride, she said. Will you be back? She turned and stared at me. I felt like her red eyes were going right through me. You and your sister need to brush your teeth and get into your pajamas. I still didn't move. Do it now, she yelled. That was enough. I ran to the closet, grabbed Sally, then headed for the bathroom. We both brushed our teeth in a panic. We dove into our beds and listened to the sound of the Harley roaring in the garage, then going up the driveway, disappearing into the night. When my parents got home, my sister and I had our blankets pulled up tight, but neither of us were asleep. Amy was nowhere to be found. She was the first of her kind, but now she was gone, leaving a robot-shaped hole in the garage door. I looked at my mom. I knew she would be mad, but I was still glad she was home, and that thankfully she wasn't a robot.